Hello and welcome back to the SheWorth podcast. On today's episode, Kim and our guest, Dr. Beverly Huang, will be discussing the topic of how does shame show up in our bodies? Spoiler, it shows up a lot. And Dr. Beverly does an amazing job of explaining how shame can appear physically. This episode is so informative and the topic is so relatable. I know you're going to love it. So without further ado, here it is. All right. Welcome to the SheWorth podcast. My name is Kimberly Mueller. I'm a registered psychologist and co-founder of SheWorth. And today we are going to have a really great discussion with a friend of mine and a colleague. Her name is Dr. Beverly Huang. She is a naturopathic doctor in Calgary, Alberta. And the topic that we're going to explore today is how does shame show up in our bodies? I'm super excited because I think when we were brainstorming ideas, in particular, Dr. Bev came up with this idea. I, it just struck me as something that's not talked about very often or maybe even thought about or acknowledged. Um, so I think if we can bring it out in the open, it's going to be an eye opener for all of us. And, and, and as it pertains to our own self-worth and maybe our struggle in that regard. So welcome, Bev. Hi, I'm super excited to be here. Yes, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know uh, life is busy with, with children and, and careers and life and all that. So I, we're really appreciative of that. Um, I would love if you could just take a moment to tell us a little bit about yourself so the listeners can have an idea of who you are. Sure. Uh, so as you mentioned, I'm a naturopathic doctor in Calgary. I've been practicing, oh, uh, almost like 16 and a half years now. We opened our clinic in March of 2005. Um, and we have been so fortunate to have such a great team that we've built here at our clinic, including yourself, which is how we know each other, which I think <laughs> is really kind of a neat collaboration in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would say I would have a general practice, but I would say in the last maybe five to eight, five to 10 years, I've been focusing, it's just kind of fallen in my lap. We're focusing more on the mental health aspects around our health um, and some more chronic conditions. So it's where my practice is kind of more niched towards. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm fortunate to have some really great colleagues here at the clinic, right? So mm-hmm. we can all end up, you know, helping the patients that we're really passionate in helping mm-hmm. and, and kind of hopefully kind of weighing in on the things that, that are kind of dear to us right so absolutely mm-hmm. I think that's one thing I've always admired about you Bev and I don't think I knew it right away when we started working together I think it was around five years ago but I've really um observed it and and admired it in you of your real commitment and your real your eye for seeing the social emotional impact on people's physical health like you're very in tune with and not naive to the fact that your mental health has such a profound effect on your on your overall physical health and i think that's just that's been awesome to witness like you're you're very good to screen for that and to account for that and to refer out if necessary or to really explain to the clients that it can be you know there could be i guess I'm speaking your language, but the root cause can be both physical and emotional and mental. And I've really admired that in you. And we have some mutual clients and that kind of thing. And I know that everyone that you work with admires that too. And that's, that's why you have such a good practice. (laughs) It's uh, well with naturopathic medicine. I mean, um, there's certain tenets around the, the type of medicine or the style of medicine that we, we do. So, you know, like it's not necessarily going to be relevant in emergency situation. Right. Mm-hmm. But a lot of what we kind of will, will 
really reach towards is understanding the root cause of what's going on. So someone may come in with, you know, two or three symptoms, they may or may not be related and they may not even seem to be related from the get-go. But when we kind of understand the patterns around, you know, where these symptoms line up, then we understand we want to look at it from a whole person perspective, right? Mm -hmm. And um, like, I kind of, I end up saying to patients, like, I think what my goal really ends up being is I'm putting a puzzle, puzzle together without the box, right? Right. Like we don't have the box. We don't even know what kind of picture we're putting together here, but what we can start doing is, you know, let's start looking for the corner pieces. And then when we kind of line up with the corner pieces are, let's start looking for the edge pieces. And I don't know if you are a puzzle maker and I, I, I like puzzles, but I get really frustrated sometimes. So I'd like to know what the end result is going to be, but that journey is what I think what puzzlers really like is kind of like sorting through. So you start putting like the sky pieces over there or like the red barn pieces of it. And then it starts coming into fruition of what that solution or, or what that journey is going to look like health wise. Right. So it's, it's an analogy. I speak a lot in analogies, but it's, um, it's kind I of love that analogy. To, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of <laughs> neat to be able to put that together. So sometimes that puzzle may include a component about um, our history mental health history or experiences in life that then are presenting or manifesting now as a physical symptom as an adult, mm-hmm. right? If I see like a mostly adult population now, or, um, you know, perhaps it's even with um, things that, you know, we, well, when was the first time you remember experiencing that stomach ache? Or, you know, when you see different patterns around that, certainly there's going to be physical, physical aspects about what's going on mm-hmm. but when we when we jump into what we're going to talk about today you know our bodies still are we're still mammals on the inside and we still will function um in that in that survival mode which then influences so much about our health right yeah yeah no i love that i think that's great and that was actually my first question which i think we kind of addressed which was around um were you taught that in your medical training, right? I guess you, you sort of address that that is the naturopathic medicine approach is to get to the root cause, look at all the reasons, not just focus on the physical. So that's, that's wonderful. And I think there's a lack of that perhaps in traditional medicine. So I think that's why people, you know, seek out the alternatives. And honestly, we, um, we have an opportunity to sit down with our patients, Right. And in Canada, you know, the uh, universal health care system is so fantastic to be able to serve people right across the population. But having said that, I have sympathy for many family physicians out there. They simply sometimes don't can't allow for the time that they would like to spend with their patients. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think it's very individual. Like you get I always say you get five of us in one room, you get six different opinions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. so, you know, mm-hmm. you might see it a certain way different than anyone else. And that's why you mentioned before in terms of even like including different healthcare care uh, professionals in a person's care. Mm-hmm. It's so important because we all bring something different to the table that hopefully will benefit the person in the end. Right, right, yeah. exactly, exactly. So let's dive, let's dive into today's topic. Um, I want to just always start with defining terms, right? We're using the word shame, um, and I think people have a general idea about what that means. Um, but what does shame mean for you when you think about that word? Uh, I think of, uh, it's an unpleasant or discomfort that someone can feel from within and typically kind of speaks to, or we kind of interpret or internalize it as how it might speak to our value. Um, you know, we think about the, the queen of the, of the topic of shame is Brene Brown. Mm-hmm. Right. And so she says it really nicely where she'll say shame is a focus on self, but guilt is a focus on the behavior. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I think shame and guilt uh, are intertwined, 
Mm-hmm. And often we feel guilty about a behavioral choice, but how that may convert in, in our bodies is that like I did something bad would be guilt. I am bad would be shame. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that. It's sort of like the, I, I find myself sometimes saying to clients who are struggling, like, I made a bad choice, but I'm not a bad person, right? It's exactly what you're saying, but I, it feels like you're saying it's that uncomfortable, unpleasant feeling and it's pervasive. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think some people are on the spectrum of personality. I think some people have an easier time dismissing um, it just as a choice and going that was a one-off. It doesn't mean I'm a, a pervasive global sense of a bad person. And some people, maybe more the anxious, preoccupied type, they have they really internalize it and and take on that shame. So so I love I love that definition. I think that gives us a good baseline. And it's typically, would you say, is shame a feeling of typically about past mistakes or decisions? Like is it it's, it's about something that we've done that we're ashamed of, I guess, for lack of a better term. Like, I think it can come up in, you know, different physical symptoms or ailments, like true diagnoses, right? But sometimes when we, even just wanting to belong, like, well, why can't I eat that, like that person over there and not have this tummy ache? Or mm. um, why does my girlfriend not have, you know, debilitating PMS mm-hmm. the way that I experience it or why does my postpartum look different than even my previous postpartum or my postpartum than uh, my sister who genetically is very similar to me right. for example right so I think sometimes when when we feel that shame you know it, it and you know this this stems from our childhood experiences right like that narrative that we create as children through our experiences really ends up showing up in our 43 year old self, right? <laughs> right. That, that six year old is now showing up in your 40 year old self. Mm-hmm. Right. And without understanding where that pattern might be, we might be chasing the symptom, but understanding that kind of um, internal dialogue is what's driving that kind of fight or flight to that, that piece where we want to hide. Mm-hmm. Cause shame is about like, typically we want to hide. We, we don't want the rest of the world to see this. So we will, I call it white knuckling, but we'll white knuckle it mm-hmm. just to make it all look really clean and polished on the outside. Like we got it together. Yeah. Right. And social oh, yeah. media is so such a vehicle for that. Right. Yeah, and like absolutely. filters and all the technology that we have right now. But even if it's like picking up back when we could pick up our kids from, from school, sometimes even the facade of like showing up to other moms on the playground, mm-hmm. right. You can kind of see where we want it to appear a certain way. Mm-hmm. But that still takes a fair amount of like survival mode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's exhausting. Like hiding all that is exhausting in itself, right? Absolutely. And I would imagine too, the irony is, and I'm like with your clients, you kind of have to educate them that adding shame to your say, you know, excessive PMS symptom or whatever it might be, that's only exacerbating it, right? Because it's keeping us in that fight or flight mode. And so, yeah, if we can address the shame, we may even address, you know, the severity of the symptom that's presenting in some way. It's it's just another layer. It's like, okay, we've got 14 symptoms and now we're adding another one because we feel terrible about ourselves. But then the system by which those 14 to 15 symptoms um, exist in is not in a system of healing. It's in a system of survival. Mm-hmm. We don't heal in that, in that kind of fight or flight mode. We are simply trying to survive mm-hmm. from whatever we, we, um, 
are interpreting as a predator mm-hmm. in the in the area. And honestly, honest, the predator often is kind of that internal voice. Yes, we're our own right? predator. Or the inner critic, like that inner <laughs> critic, right? So like totally. trying to like fight yourself, like go through like fight, flight, or freeze. You are either going to try and fight yourself, oh. you're gonna try and run away from yourself, right? Which oh. is distraction, which is like um any kind of distraction really like you know whether it be i think that's a big one for a lot drinking, of us drinking that yeah eating social media um like streaming like whether it be movies or shows or you know it's it's a distraction so that's your flight yeah and your freeze is like is well i can't always say to patients like it's kind of like playing dead with your predator but like how would you do that to yourself Hmm. Right, you just start ignoring or maybe compartmentalizing aspects around your existence or your feelings or your experience, and we'll just shove it down there. Yeah, and almost gaslight ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you actually didn't experience that. That's not really what you you really needed to experience. We'll just put this down there, mm-hmm. and then we wonder why our, why our bodies aren't in a, a system or like a container to heal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, that leads me to my next question, which is, you know, you've kind of touched on it. How does shame show up in our bodies? Um, and it, you talk about the autonomic nervous system, which is that fight or flight parasympathetic, sympathetic nervous system. And I, I know when we were preparing for this, you said a word and I just like caught on to it in this regard that it, our body is interpreting it as a crisis. So what does that, what does that mean? How does it, how does shame show up in our bodies? Well, I think one of it is that it doesn't heal. So we talked about the sympathetic overdrive or that sympathetic nervous system, which is your fight, flight, and freeze is your typical description. So we kind of just went through that. But the flip side of it is your parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest, digest, like rest and digest and sleep. Mm -hmm. Right. So what did we talk Mm -hmm. about? We talked about maybe IBS or tummy issues or indigestion or heartburn. Uh, We talked or constipation, you know, like we, we can see this presented so many different ways because our body is not in a system to digest what we've just consumed. We've talked about reproduction. So that could be anywhere from libido to how we experience perimenopause and menopause to PMS, mm-hmm. to fertility, mm-hmm. to certain fertility, the complex one, but you know, like, but mm-hmm. does there, is your body in a place where it even wants to ovulate Yeah, on its own? Right. Mm-hmm. And sleep. And we always mm-hmm. like sleep to me is just insomnia is simply a symptom of, of, of stress or something mm-hmm. else that we're processing at night that we are not addressing during the day, just mm-hmm. the same. Right. So, mm-hmm. so with that fight or flight, sometimes we think about how, how it comes out, you know, whether or not we are, um, just ignoring the process of what's happening or we go into, it affects our moods. So we have more maybe anger or irritability or rage. And, and I kind of go back to within uh, the big book in, in AA, they talk about how like with resentment, anger that comes out, right. It's like drinking poison and expecting your opponent or your enemy to die. Like Mm -hmm. you consume the poison and you want the other person to. So often it comes out kind of even in our relationships, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Not necessarily spousal relationships, but even like work relationships or our friendships, right? Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. when we are in that fight or flight, we are just taking it all down. Mm -hmm. And when we do that, nothing, we're not in, we're not in a container or, or in a, a space to heal. 
Because mm-hmm. it's not, it doesn't feel safe, right? Exactly. Our bodies don't feel safe to heal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. No, that's, that's so interesting. And I like how you kind of associate each of the different fight, flight, or freeze with different, you know, symptoms that present, you know, whether it's distraction or sleep, or I guess fight, we did freeze flight and then fight would be, how would that present physically? Would you say? Um, I would say your irritability, the irritability, I think anxiety, anxious moments, Okay. feeling overwhelmed or flooded. Yeah, can come like you kind of fight or like I would say, you know, we are um, at the tail end of this current pandemic. Yeah. Right. And and you and I both know that in in that struggle, whether it be, you know, shifting from working from home or parenting and working or, you know, if you run a business or you run a practice, and you want to show up for your patients, we get into hustle mode. Mm-hmm. so we mm-hmm. hustle for it and some mm-hmm. and it's difficult because the hustle is often celebrated oh totally like angry outbursts not yeah. celebrated right yeah. but like yeah. the, hustle, <laughs> the hustle is part of it or working till you know 1 a.m yeah yeah that's glorified it's like it's it's um yeah glorified is a great word for that yeah absolutely and I think it's worth it to consider if we find ourselves in the, any of these patterns, it's like, what am I running away from? What am I ignoring? What is driving this behavior? Is it just too uncomfortable for me to admit that I feel shame, you know, about some sort of thing? And this is just an easier way to cope, right? It's, if you notice yourself, I think, falling into any of these patterns, it's, it's, it's a good endeavor to actually pause and consider, is there shame underlying this and how can I shine a light on it? Right. Cause that's going to ultimately be what's going to dissipate it over time. But you know, here, I just want to kind of make the, the tie in between shame and self-worth. Like obviously she worth is all about helping women improve their self-worth. And, um, and I think it's, it's, you know, we've just done our quiz and we've shown almost, I could almost predict a woman's self-worth score and her mental health score. We've had over hundred women take our self-worth quiz. And it was astounding to me as I was going through the data um, that it was almost a perfect one-to-one correlation. And so obviously this is very important, um, but how does shame, we're carrying around a sense of shame in our life. How does that impact our overall sense of worthiness, would you say? I think I'm sure it's very different for everyone, Mm -hmm. right? And how we might internalize that, that childlike narrative. Mm-hmm. and bring it forward as an adult as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a great researcher by the name of Dr. Rick Hansen, mm-hmm. right? And he says, you know, simply stated, the opposite of shame is self-worth. Ooh, mm. that's right? good. So, so when we have that internal narrative of, <gasps> you know, like those little traumas, little T traumas or big T traumas, like the big T's I call like law and order traumas perhaps right <laughs> right like we're like movie worthy like more well known but, trauma but there's little yeah, ones too there's little ones and that might be the inner critic that might be you know we feel you know okay so let's use the example of the pandemic and working from home and parenting because i'm sure there's many women that are listening just who are carrying the emotional labor of raising their children Mm-hmm. And also need to show up for their work just the same. And so therefore, if my child is on um, Netflix a little bit more. Yes. So uh, the behavior is I've allowed my child to yeah. go watch a video or a movie yeah. while I attend, while I need to call into this really important meeting. Right. That's the guilt of it, of that behavior. Yeah, but then okay. we sometimes will internalize that. Like I'm a bad mother. I'm a bad oh, mother and I'm a bad I love person. That. 
right? Because we know growing up, if we say idolize a mother-like figure, our, well, A, Netflix didn't really exist back then, but like they never did that. They, you know, we had everything made from scratch. We had, you know, like there was no ordering in and there was no junk food. And like, so, you know, I think the struggle for our current paradigm of motherhood and mm-hmm. parenthood not just strictly for women right mm-hmm. but for parenthood is really balancing that work parenting balance where it looks very different than it did in the 70s and 80s mm-hmm. you know when we grew up right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so like yes yeah, so my behavioral choices i yeah. allowed my i permissed for my child to watch a video while i get on the zoom call yeah as I am right now. <laughs> yeah, right? Right? Yes. But it doesn't necessarily translate for you into I'm therefore a bad mother and a bad person. It's a great point. It is such a great point. And I think that we need to kind of pause to challenge that narrative if that's where we go. And as I described, I think some of us have an easier time not going there, right? Or dismissing it or being able to see it as a one-off and life happens, who cares? They have to watch an hour. But some of us really internalize that, as you said, maybe because of the messaging or the expectation from our past. And that's going to have a profound impact on our health. Well, and I think part of it is, so let's follow that that example that we just made up on the spot. (laughs) But I'm a bad mother. I'm a bad person. I don't deserve to feel healthy. Yes. I don't deserve to be pain free. This is it. I I'm, I will martyr myself for the yeah. benefit of blank. Yeah. And so therefore I don't have worth to have health. Oh, I, I can't create time to make myself a really healthy smoothie in the morning Mm -hmm. or to attend an appointment Mm -hmm. or to say, you know what, maybe, maybe how I've managed my PMS is, is, is actually getting worse. So maybe I need to create some time to address this differently. Mm -hmm. Right. So if I don't have worth in it, I will never be a priority. That's your anxiously attached right there. I will never be my own priority. Yeah. And we know that ties into burnout. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure if we did a study and not by we, you're the, you're the one that, that dives into the evidence. Right. But I'm sure if we looked at in terms of where that anxiously attached, that anxious preoccupied type sits, the predisposition for burnout. Yeah. I'd say it's a one-to-one ratio turnover. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. No, it's tough because the, the expectation, the lack of forgiveness, I think that's such a big one for shame, isn't it? Is we have to hold ourselves with compassion and, you know, find, find forgiveness. And I think what you're talking about in terms of the behavioral choices, like attending the appointment or making the healthy smoothie, that is a radical act of forgiveness in some way. Like some of us don't want to look in the mirror and say, I love you. I forgive you. But by making those choices, um, it is like kind of holding ourselves in, you know, gentle hands saying, I forgive you. You're not a bad person. Right. And that, and that actually leads me to the next question, which is mm-hmm. I'm kind of blown away at the profound impact that carrying around shame can have on our bodies. So then the question becomes, what can we do about it? You know, what do you recommend to your patients? What can we do from a lifestyle, from a diet, from a, you know, from, from that type of perspective? And I know it's probably very nuanced to each client, but what comes to mind when you pick this up in a client, when you pick up on this with a client i think part of it is understanding you know if i can help you know draw the dots and give them pencil to connect them Mm. or a sharpie pen let's sharpie pen the dots here actually because we need to make permanent connections in our patterns in order to elicit a change in behavior 
Mm-hmm. Right. So if I can, we can start drawing the dots mm-hmm. and I can hand them the Sharpie pen to then make that connection of like, okay, so I realize that when I don't put myself first for a moment, I then cannot do the things I want to show up for, for everyone else. So perhaps it's, it's about pausing about where are your priorities? What are your gratitudes? I love that you're talking about forgiveness. Mm-hmm. You know, you can start the day with gratitude. You can end the day with, with your forgivenesses, if that's mm-hmm. really a word, right. Mm-hmm. You know, doing, doing some daily, um, meditation or and meditation is not the easiest for everyone i get that mm-hmm. um, but even that mindfulness mm-hmm. of checking in like when we are feeling activated or dysregulated mm-hmm. what is going on here How, do we have proper nutrition did we go to bed on time you know while we made our family a really lovely breakfast are we simply having coffee you know, and is that ca- extra caffeine stimulating kind of that anxiousness and that anxious mind to begin with? So how are we then asking your body to fuel itself, mm-hmm. right? Based on what we choose to put into it, right? So mm-hmm. diet's a difficult one, but I like to draw connections between, well, tell me how when you provide um, good nutrition that's appropriate for your body and what you're asking of your the machine of your body to do, tell me how that rolls out versus days where you are not providing yourself proper nutrition. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not feel you're running like the gas tank is on E it's on empty. Mm-hmm. And yet we are still expecting to drive a hundred kilometers an hour mm-hmm. on nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think part of it is if we can, if we can recognize when we're feeling activated or feeling dysregulated mm-hmm. or where like I see where, either the reaction the emotional response or even the fatigue is disproportionate yeah right to the circumstance without judgment oh for without sure judgment. yeah we all so have the field, it yeah so the field disproportionate it is so let's let's kind of tweeze that apart and what is that about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yes. many people come in they're like well what can you give me i'm like sure a supplement might help but unless we correct the root cause of it which is this cause and effect issue around behavior Mm-hmm. what where are we at right mm-hmm. we're, we're not really getting to the point of where we want to be in, in, but isn't but isn't that room. interesting i would imagine you know a pill or a powder is so much easier than actually you know looking at the shame and i think we all i don't think anybody gets out unscathed without a sense of shame about something from our past you know and it's scary right it's scary to actually take the time to think about it to admit some things that we may have done or regret and um but i think that what people don't realize is that if we can sit with it and that it's temporary but it's too scary so we just want to mask it right by all the things that you described in terms of those behaviors that we engage in but I, I want to, I mean, maybe, you know, talking with somebody like Bev or myself or a trusted friend, right. Or journaling about it. Like you had mentioned as a strategy, mm-hmm. like that is truly the only way for it to work its way out of our body, you know? And I, yeah. I, and I can see where I, I just want the quick fix, but there isn't. <laughs> and that's the vulnerability in the process of it, right? Yeah. Like putting and creating language around it putting words around it like this and it doesn't have to be fancy language no I feel bad yeah this doesn't feel good yeah I feel heavy mm-hmm. you know like in my heart or I feel you know a constant jitteriness on the inside because there's not an alignment maybe perhaps between my 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 worth yeah and my behavior yeah 
Absolutely. Yeah, I love those. I love those right. examples. It doesn't have to be overcomplicated. It can just be starting to tune into it and putting some words around it. That's that's brave. And is there anything else that comes to mind when if we want if you know we think about women carrying around a sense of shame and we've shared some great examples and and how that relates to their self-worth and their in their body and their physical symptoms. Is there anything that we've missed today, do you think, that comes to mind? I think part of it is the willingness to be open to it, right? Because the shame in itself feeds itself. Mm-hmm. Like it feeds itself. It wants to be there. It, it is it is um, content being in the dark corner on the inside of the back of our head. It is content there. It, it wants to, it's like a squatter. It wants to stay put. <laughs> right? Right. Love and that. At some point you, you can look at it as an entity as like moving parts and say, you know what? I acknowledge you're here you are no longer welcome here yeah here's the exit yeah kindly leave or maybe not so kindly leave yeah maybe there's some expletives and out (laughs) you go right but and so part of it is I think I think um and if I can we'll fangirl each other for a little bit if I can observe around the work that I've seen you do with your clients and the work that you have Lara that I'm so excited just to watch kind of come into fruition is really giving a safe space for individuals for women to 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 be able to vocalize that to understand a is not alone oh god no b it's not their fault mm-hmm. they're not alone it's not your fault mm-hmm. and and there's movement that can be had and it's mm-hmm. not about you know the destination it really becomes about that journey mm-hmm. and so with that journey you will have detours there will be mm-hmm. construction zone. You will have speed bumps, you know, like it won't be Google maps. You're going to arrive at your destination in 24 minutes. Like it doesn't happen that way. right? Oh, that's so real. Yeah. And being okay in participating in that journey with, you know, whether it be in person or virtually with this army of women mm-hmm. to support each other. How fantastic is that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Get the squatters out and get the squatters um, out. <laughs> there will be construction zones along the way. <laughs> I love that. So thank you so much, Bev. I think this is going to be so helpful, but I want to finish just like we like to do with SheWorth and just kind of ask you um, about a brave moment that you may have had in your life mm-hmm. or recently small or big, just to inspire other women to continue to have their own brave moments. Uh, trust your gut, trust your instincts. You know, in 2003, this, this space, I'm sitting at the clinic right now talking with you, right? But this kind of physical space is brick and mortar was a, a, a twinkle in, in my eye and Dr. Mary Knudsen, who's our, my clinic partner here, we founded the clinic together. And uh, yeah, I moved out here on a one-way ticket on on a twenty-dollar Jetsco ticket. When Jetsco, I know you're not Canadian, but Jetsco was this like Econo airline ticket that sold. It went under for a reason, but twenty bucks took me <laughs> to get out here. Two duffel bags. I knew only a handful of people here in Calgary, and blood, sweat, and tears, and a whole lot of heart, and following an into that we felt that we could provide a space for like-minded individuals to to come together and create this really great community. And that's practitioners such as yourself, but also like our amazing patients and our oh, amazing yeah. staff, right? Oh it gosh, just yeah. becomes a place where we gather to be real with each other. Mm-hmm. And when we are real and vulnerable and honest, and we create that safe space, healing will and can happen. 
Oh my god. And that's kind of like what this is like I yeah, I I'm I'm better at boasting about it, but I'm so happy to show up here every day mm-hmm. to work, like to work with the people that we get to work with, to have these conversations that we can have with with patients that trust us that we will do this together right so so brave moment yeah like I was 26 and was trying to convince a bank that my brain was a was an asset <laughs> like, really, like the asset liability like my brain's worth at least something and it didn't fly but it was a That's lot awesome. of risk um and the reward has has come back in 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 multiples by by far Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much. I, I love that brave moment. I'm glad that I get to benefit from your brave moment as well and be a part of that amazing team. Cause I couldn't agree more from the practitioners to the front desk, to the clients. I think when you put it out there, people feel that and you've created that. Yeah. So it's fabulous. Um, so where can any, if anybody wants to get a hold of you or in touch with you, where might they be able to find you? Uh, oh, good question. Uh, our website is grassrootsnaturopathic.com. Um, okay. We have our IG handle, which is at grassroots naturopathic medicine. Okay. Um, or I guess we have a Facebook handle too, at grassroots naturopathic. So okay. um, yeah. yeah, like grassroots is, is my, is our home base here. And we have like, like I mentioned, we've mentioned a couple times, a really fantastic team here. So um, there's many of us here that do our arts and crafts so nicely. <laughs> in a space that is just like a, a place of creation for healing so yeah absolutely oh wonderful wonderful well thank you we'll put all that up in the show notes and um can't thank you enough Bev. this has been really wonderful thank you so much i'm um extremely flattered and honored to be part of she birth oh yeah, this is pretty oh, neat. thank yeah. you take care Bev. okay take care kim bye-bye bye Wow. Big thank you to Dr. Beverly Huang for coming on the SheWorth podcast and sharing all that wonderful information with us. You can find her at Grassroots Naturopathic Medicine on Instagram if you want to check out her page. If you like this episode, please listen to a few more, leave us a review, subscribe, or just follow us on Instagram. Please send us a DM with your favorite parts. We love hearing from you guys. Thank you so much for listening and we hope you tune in again. Have a great day and remember, you are worthy.